Welcome and thank you for joining us. Here at Calvary Chapel Eldoret, we believe in impacting and changing people's lives through the Bible, which is the only inspired and infallible Word of God. For more information, be sure to check out our website at ccelderet.org. That is ccelderet.org. And here is today's word. Yes, We've had a good day. That you follow on a funny kazi. Though there might be a lot of things at workplace, but our day has been that which is uh, productive and we thank God for it. Yeah, And we thank Him for everything. That will only be as we understand Him or we know Him who we serve, as Paul says, that I know Him whom I have believed in. Mm. Lord, we thank you for today. Thank you for life. And thank you for revealing yourself to us so that we know you and our lives are completely surrendered to you in everything that we do in this life. That our conscience is given. Our hearts are submissive and we are obedient to you to commit ourselves to you in every circumstance. Whatever we go through in life, you are Lord and you will still remain Lord over our lives. So thank you for the gift of life and thank you for making us know you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for coming this evening that we can... Uh, Learn through the word of God. I thought of uh, the things that we are going through or just our environment, our, the society and uh, life in general. Besides, we are going through some I see arguments, a lot of them, not arguments like in tension, but arguments raised from, let's say, political environment which we are going through, though I will not get into politics at all. And our workplace too, we go through things which challenge us, and uh, as Christians, we still have to live to honor Christ that we live a life which is still worth of bringing glory to Christ amidst all the things that we are going through or we meet with, we interact with. I read in social media sometimes, I just keep off because I see the political temperatures and tensions going through our country. We have elections sometime in August 9th. And uh, looking at all these 
happenings. I see two things in our bodies as Christians that we must evaluate, or two faculties, I can call them. We must carefully scrutinize these two. We must watch over them. Definitely for us to live a life which is honoring Christ and to bring glory to God, we must. For us to walk a life that is pleasing God, for us we will find ourselves living an empty Christian life, wallowing in sin, or fading to oblivion. And these two things are my heart and my mind. Your heart and your mind, the two faculties that are intention always, so we struggle with throughout our lives. And scriptures talk a lot about them. Throughout the Bible, I see the Word of God talking about the two. Let us look at a few scriptures which communicate to my heart and my mind, same as your heart and your mind. First of all, before I look at the scriptures, we look at them, but I see the heart being the one that I believe. And I am justified. Summarizing the two. It is with your heart that you believe and you are justified. Justification comes through belief. I believe in God. I believe in his testimony. I believe in uh, the death of Christ Jesus on the cross. His blood is able to cleanse me, forgive me, wash me, and make me whole. So, justification is because of the faith. Believing, I believe in my heart, and I am justified. But the second thing is sanctification, which happens in the mind. Be transformed by the renewal of your minds, so that... You may do what is pleasing to God. So there are these two things. The heart and the mind. Jeremiah, as we know it, the scripture is quite evident to all of us. Jeremiah 17, 9. I'm sure we know this scripture. Let me just read it. Jeremiah 17:9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The heart is deceitful above all things. And the question there is, who can know it? The 
heart of a man. Our hearts are deceitful. So deceitful. All the deceit that comes from our mouths, out of the abundance in the heart, the mouth speaks. Our hearts are deceitful above all things. Who can know it? The second one is Proverbs 4.23. Proverbs 4.23. And I'm sure that this is also a scripture that we know. Proverbs 4.23 says this. Keep your hearts with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. NIV will talk about guard your hearts because it is the wellspring of life. Your heart, my heart, the wellspring, the foundation, or the source, the source of something. Wellspring is like the source of everything that cometh into our lives. Guard your heart because it is the wellspring of life. And then Matthew 12.34 is the one that says, talks about out of uh, the abundance in our hearts, the mouth speaks. Or even we might not speak, but we might try to be to be deceitful and try to conjure things, but a time will come that things that are in my heart will be exposed. Even if I'm trying to hide into something, but a time will come that they will be exposed. I remember a few days ago we were talking through, we have a WhatsApp forum. I teach at the University of Eldoret. We have lecturers raising arguments about our political issues or what is happening in the country. And we have all these uh, politicians going around and uh, quoting scriptures also. Are they really convicted on what they are quoting? I raised two scriptures with them. We can see these people all over in their campaign and everything else that they do. But only a single day probably in the church where they would be quoting some scriptures. But all over, the whole week, you see and hear the words that come from them. Sharp. Piercing each other. Abuse. This is what is the abundance in the heart. We can try to hide it when we are in church and quote some scriptures which we don't even believe in. I remember <laughs> one of the scriptures which has been uh, raised in these forums too. I think I saw it in social media telling us that our politicians quote all scriptures except the one that Zacchaeus returned the money. Why are they not quoting that? They should quote that also. Can they return? So there is that, out of the abundance in the heart, the mouth speak. Even if we can pretend to be in the podiums and uh, uh, 
political rallies is we speak and quote scriptures or verses, but it is not our life. It does not reflect. Thank you. It does not reflect in what we do. And that is where the second scripture which I quoted came from. I told them, you know, the scripture is also telling us that we can know God's servants by their fruit. We'll know them by the fruit that is coming out of them. If the fruit is anger, deceit, malice, all this, ha, no, please, that's not. Backbiting rumors and everything and abuse all through. We can see the fruits and we will know that this is something that comes from God or it doesn't. Anyway, Matthew 15, 19. Let me read that. Matthew 15, 19. out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornication, thefts, false witnesses, blasphemies. These are the things that which defile a man, but whatever we eat does not defile us. But it is talking about what comes from the heart. Out of the heart of a man comes all these things. The heart. Let me look at Romans 10, and then we can look at the mind too, and then we'll go through several scriptures. But I see the heart and the mind, and throughout scriptures we have the heart and the mind. We have justification and sanctification. We have to be sanctified. Romans... What does it say? For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confesses, confessions are made unto salvation. So it is with our heart that we believe. There is a transition here now, the shift. We have this heart. A heart that believes is justified. A heart that has not believed has not been justified. These are people who have not believed in Christ. They have not believed in the testimony of God. And there is no justification. We have to have faith in what God has done. And he's done it for us. But if we don't believe, we are not justified. It's just that simple. With our hearts that we believe and we are justified. And the good thing is that we cannot deceive ourselves. We know whether we have believed sincerely, honestly, the day that I came to Christ, when I submitted to his authority or I gave myself to him, I gave myself away, it is something that I know whether I did it out of sincerity and truly believing in Christ, or maybe I just did it because my friends were doing it. 
I did it though I don't even have any connection with it. I don't even understand what it is. But I just gave in. So that's sincerity because God looks at that sincerity and God works with that. He is faithful. If we become faithless, he cannot disown himself because he will remain faithful. And the fact that he has said, God is not a man that he may lie, neither is he the son of man that he can change his mind. The fact that he said that if you believe in your heart, you're justified, it is his testimony, this witness of he gave us Christ Jesus to die for us on the cross so that we are forgiven our sins. And that's it. It's just that simple. It's not complicated that we have to go to where? Maybe the university so that we can understand this. No. It's just the simple. We believe. Knowing that, honestly, we are wicked, desperately wicked. Therefore, there is that heart which is not yet committed to Christ or given to him or not have not believed in him. And there is the heart that has given itself or has given, has obeyed God's word, obeyed God's testimony and given himself to Christ or herself to Christ. The heart that has given is given to Christ still struggles with the mind issues. That is why we have to be sanctified through and through. It's something that we live throughout our life. We become frustrated about things and our environment sometimes can make us weighed down. We don't even feel like going to church. We are... Uh, our minds. Sometimes our hearts' issues can even affect our minds too because find that people are stressed because of the heart. Depression comes and all that. But yeah, then there is the mind. The Bible has repeatedly talked about this too. The heart and the mind. The mind helps us or makes the rational judgments or justification, whatever we make, those judgments which we make. Maturity comes through this a mind that has been sanctified to the point that every decision is just because it is through the word of God that has fed the mind to make the mind strong or make decisions that are pleasing to God. First Timothy 6, 5. First Timothy 6. Let me start from three. If anyone teaches otherwise and does not consent to wholesome word, even the word of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which accords with godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, but is obsessed with disputes and arguments over words from which comes envy, strife, reveling, evil, suspicion, useless wranglings of men of corrupt minds 
and uh, destitute of the truth. Our minds can be corrupted. So we have a sinful person, a disobedient, uh, somebody who doesn't believe in God, has a heart which is hardened, but a mind which is also corrupt. But as Christians, we can also play around with our minds. I have believed in Christ Jesus. But I show partiality the things that I do. My judgments are not just. I compromise. You know, alikom kubwani boss. So I can allow that corruption. Let me just sign that check. I've compromised. I know the truth, but I have. I've compromised. We can frustrate our conscience too. I know this is what is right, but I'm going to do otherwise. All the kind of uh, acts which sometimes we do, even if in engaging in some immoralities or so, that is frustrating. I know that this is wrong, but how would practice something which is against my conscience? I know that this is wrong, but I'm just practicing it. The mind. We've solved the heart problem because there's nothing that we need to do there. It's just believing. It's not just, anyway, it is something which is important, sorry. Believing is, it, 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 it's transformation, a change completely. But everything comes from God. It's Christ who died on the cross, and me believing in that, that makes me justified. But the sanctification, how productive is this mind? How am I responsive? Or how do I respond to the word of God? I know what is right. Do I compromise? Do I show partiality? Or even dead conscience for those who are not believers? A believer might frustrate a conscience. You know what is right. An unbeliever, their conscience is dead. With them, right from wrong, arguing, probably only when people do something wrong to them is when they recognize it as wrong. But when they are the ones who are practicing, we have these people in our environment. When they're the ones practicing corruption, they justify it. Whatever they do, they justify it. Romans 8, 7 would help us understand that. Maybe if I start somewhere from 6, For to be carnally minded, the mind, carnally minded, is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind, NIV, I think, says a sinful mind is hostile to God. A carnal mind is an enmity against God. Sinful mind is, it doesn't submit to God's law. It doesn't want to listen to anything about God. For it is not subjected to the law of God nor indeed can be. It is not subjected to God's law, or nor indeed can be. That's why probably they can even quote scriptures and they don't even care. It doesn't even bother them. The next thing they do immediately after getting out of the door, starting abuse. I could be one of them except that Christ saved me, and you could be one of them except that Christ saved you, and the conviction of the Holy Spirit would make you 
rethink. You might have wanted to do something so gross, or, but the Lord made me calm down and do what is right. So we see the heart and the mind here and the reality that believers and unbelievers alike, we have both these faculties. But believers, as we have opened our hearts to God, we still need to be changed. We cannot live as we used to. We must be transformed, and that is found in Romans 12, 1, that it is talking about particularly the mind. 1, 2, I think, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, Conform to the pattern of the world. We can. But be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Renewal of your mind. I have been justified. I've been forgiven my sins. My transgressions have been forgiven. And uh, I am now a child of God. But I have a mind. And the mind can still be attracted to the things of the world, the things that I used to do. While the heart still would, but the mind also. And this is where we need to be transformed because that transformation of the mind will master the heart. That will master the heart. And I think it is somewhere in, uh, in Genesis where, four probably, where... God tells Cain that sin is crouching over you. It desires to have you, but you must master it. Because you mind you're capable of, yes, I have these sinful desires. They come, but I have a mind which is capable of stopping them or compromising or giving in heart can easily corrupt the mind too. And I give in. As a believer, I still give in to things which are not godly and not bringing glory to Christ. It is possible. It is possible. How can we be sanctified or renewal of our minds? How can we be renewed? Our minds can be renewed through fellowshipping with God through reading his word, that is what can sanctify us. Acts 20, 32. Acts 20, 32. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. There is sanctification here. 
word sanctified comes in. Among those who are sanctified, the word of God is able to just clear all this fog in our imagination and make us firmly focusing on him. In life, we go through many things, and it's, it's the reality. We cannot avoid this. We cannot, we cannot escape the reality of uh, harsh, evil environment surrounding. Or the things that we go through until they make us so frustrated that our minds are, uh, our hearts are, we just have this heavy and our minds are also, we just don't want to think about anything or so. Maybe we just want to rest. I don't want anything. I don't want to think about life. Life is just so heavy upon me. Things are happening strange that I can't comprehend. We comprehend through our minds. We try to understand. Lord, I can't understand the things that I go through. It is comprehending them. But if our minds are transformed, then we, are, we can live to honor him amidst all these difficulties or challenges, persecution that the apostles went through, life happenstances, the things that we go through in life that are just making us frustrated. Ephesians 1, 8. Ephesians 1, 8. Let me start from seven. In him, we have redemption. Through his blood, the forgiveness of sin, according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of God. 118, sorry. Um, I read 1.8. It's 1.18. I was wondering. I didn't get what I wanted to get here. Let's start from 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of his glory, of his inheritance in the saints, the eyes of our understanding. This is something beyond the eyes of my perception, what I see. The eyes of my understanding, oh, what I see, observe, not perception. Perception is now the eyes of my understanding. I can comprehend. I don't see it physically, in front of me, but I comprehend something. I can comprehend the love of God. I know that you love me. I've known the love of God. The apostles knowing the love of God. I know Christ. I've come to his knowledge, and I am persuaded that he loves me so much. Neither heights nor death. Nothing can separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I know him. I know whom I have believed in. 
Or like Job would say, I know that my Redeemer liveth. I know. I now know. Because the eyes of my understanding, I have comprehended. I know Christ. I've read his word. I've known. I've lived to follow him and I've seen him guiding me through the life. People will talk about all the way my Savior leads me. What have I to ask beside? I know. I'm not afraid. Despite things that are happening, they're tough. Life is not easy. Things that are happening around us. We work in public institutions. We know things that are happening here. But Christ is with us. He has walked with us through for the years that we've been there and to date I am sure that he will still. Even though I don't know what will happen. I make decisions that I don't know what will happen tomorrow. I don't know. But I trust in Christ. I know that he will. But even if he doesn't, maybe this is not the circumstance that he was to. It was to glorify him. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would say, even if he doesn't come, he will not bow to your God. The Lord might not work as I want or as I prayed. I know that he might not. It's not a must that he does what I've been asking him to do. That's not. He will do what is right and what pleases, what I know will be good for me, even for growth, that I can also be grown in faith, that I be firm. Next time things happen like that, we don't give in. Let it be whatever it will be. Ephesians 1.18 talks about that. The eyes of our understanding, our mind, are they the ones that compromise? Are they the ones that we frustrate and allow sinful acts to control us or take over the circumstances that we cannot honor Christ? Let's look at Proverbs 1, from 1 to 7. And I'll come to the Corinthians to finish with that. Proverbs. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction. To perceive the words of understanding, know wisdom and instruction. How do you know? Investigating. I've observed through observation. Through inquiries, I make inquiries that I may, I may know. I want to know something. I have to. I have to learn. Study to show yourself approved. To know wisdom. But we cannot know unless we engage. But how do I study? I have to Bring my mind into focus. I'm reading the Bible, but I can't understand. Doesn't make sense to me. To know wisdom and instruction. And that will only be through, well, I would observe, I knew something because I, 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 I observed, I do research, and that's why I'm using these terms. We observe phenomena, we investigate, we, 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 we study, we we learn through that, do research. 
You know, then you perceive something that I perceive now. I comprehend. I can comprehend. To perceive the words of understanding, that I'm able to perceive the words of understanding. It's not the eyes that see physical, tangible things, but it's something that makes sense to me through comprehending. I, I, I read, and as we read, sometimes we read a story, and then, oh, we can connect the dots, because our eyes are looking at these lines, and we read, and we are able to make sense out of what is meant in this statement, this story, as I read through the lines. To perceive the words of understanding. To receive instructions of the wise. Justice, judgment, and equity. That you are wise. That I am wise. Or even receive the instructions of the wise. That I'm able to make just judgments. Equity. I'm able to make that. Sanctified mind, it is mature mind, a decision which is made not because of psychophancy that we are following, oh, Azimio, Sijuiz, Kenya, Kwanza, or whatever, or no. With fake certificates thrown all over, but we would still be defending. I don't know. And uh, they be our leaders because we want to. Because we are in some political alignment. Is that what is right? To receive the instructions of the wise justice, judgment and equity. To give prudence to the simple. For you to know, to perceive, so that you receive and now you acquire it, therefore you can give it out to the prudent. So you can give prudence to the, to the simple. You have to know, perceive, understand. Receive it so that it lives in you. It's only when you can give it out. How do you give what you don't have? Are we Christians or are our minds transformed to the point that we live to honor Christ and everything that we do pleases him? And if it doesn't please the world, it doesn't please my boss. Whatever we call the bosses, I don't know. They have only one commanding officer is Christ. But yes, we submit to this authority only when they're doing things right. But when they are, when they go against the high moral law, moral authority, no. What with you mean is you'll tell you no. That's not my life. That's not what I do. That's not what I live. That's not my lifestyle. It pleases you, yes, proceed, but not me. It's you, okay. So why do you want to fit me into your shoes? Whatever you do, do it. But please, no, leave me alone. To give prudence to the simple, to the young, make known the discretion. We can make known to the young, discretion, so that we can make known, we can give prudence to the simple, and we can make known to the young, discretion. A wise man will hear and increase learning. Here again, we will hear. A wise man will hear and increase learning. There are two things here. We can hear from our physical ears that we have, eardrum, the noise, or even we can hear from our inner 
God talks to us, but we don't hear his voice rumbling around. But we can hear. Sometimes he's still small voices, he talks to us, and we hear. The Lord speaks to us. My sheep listens to my voice and follows me. They will listen to what I tell them. I've heard you, Lord. So we can hear from within us. We can hear. And a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. A man of understanding will attain wise counsel. To understand Proverbs and Enigma or parables, the words of the wise and the, their riddles, Christ talks through in parables and the guys don't get it. Though they are the religious leaders, they don't get it. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instructions. The fear of the Lord, the reverence for God. How do I revere? Oh, sorry. How do I have that reverence for God? It's because my conscience, the conviction in my heart and my conscience, what I perceived, I know Him. I live to honor Him. It is because I fear the Lord that I will not. I would have done that as a human being. But the fear of God in me, don't sell our will. I will not do it because I honor Christ. I would not do this to honor my Lord. Let me end with, uh, oh, I have Corinthians and then I can read some few. Let's read First Corinthians. One through, we can see things happening here in this church. Church of Corinth. First Corinthians, chapter 1, you can just start from 1 through 10. Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ, through the will of God, and sustain our brother, to the church of God which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified, sanctified, not that, those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, Called to be saints with all who in every place call on the name of the Lord, of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus, that you are enriched in everything by him, in all utterances and all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm you to the end that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. 10. Now I plead after talking about this, this is a believer or these are believers. He's talking to believers. But as he starts 10, now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing and that there be no division among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind. 
maturity. These are people who know Christ and their judgment and justice. Any decision that they make is to honor Christ. It's not partiality to try to favor whoever because here there was a favoritism. I follow Paul, I follow Apollos, I follow... Hey, guys, it's Christ who saved us. These are decisions, choices that we make. I follow Azimio, I follow Uda. <laughs> I follow Uda, I follow whatever, Kenya, Kwanzaa. Huh. Honestly. No. I follow Christ, and if Uda or Azimio doesn't honor Christ, forget it. Nope. The Lord is my... He is my commanding voice or the commanding force. He is the one above. He is the one who is in charge over here. Such that anything that doesn't honor him, proceed. It pleases you, guys, proceed. Your mind. And in the same judgment, therefore, you see the mind which therefore makes judgment. Maturity. Where we make judgment and the judgment that you make are just. Make just judgment. I don't favor anybody, but I will make a just judgment. House of love, yes, I'll show you a lot of love. Caring for you. I'll show you, bro. Love you, but what you've done is wrong. I'll just take the responsibility that is required. Guys, you have some lady or take responsibility. Don't just let it be known. Do things right and just Come to church. We have people are getting married here so that we have a witness. They're not doing things in the dark. There is that. And how does this come about? We can see the same First Corinthians. Somewhere 30, it talks about the two and adding to the third one. First Corinthians 1 verse 30. But of him... You are in Christ, but of God you are in Christ. Who became for us wisdom from God? Christ is the wisdom from God. Who is what? Our righteousness or our justification? The heart. Our sanctification. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind so that we do the will of God. And redemption. At the end, we will be redeemed. Our minds are being sanctified through and through every day. I commend you to God and to the word of his grace which can sanctify you through and through and give you inheritance among those who are sanctified. Righteousness. Christ is our righteousness. I am justified. I am accounted righteous before God because I believed in Christ. I need sanctification. Two ten to 12 can talk about that. I wouldn't go into it. Romans, not First Corinthians 2, 10 to 12. Well, let me just read because I can read it faster. 10 to 12 says, but God has revealed them to us. He's revealed the things to us which Paul was talking about. He's, through the, his spirit, for the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? We do not know. I don't even know what you guys are thinking here unless you communicate. You tell me what you're thinking. I see you seated there, but I don't know what you, I'm talking. I don't know what you're comprehending. Whether you're getting it or whatever you're thinking about. Or guys are already at home thinking of food. I don't know. No, sorry. But I think your mind could be somewhere else. Who knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. That's why God has enabled us 
the gift of the Holy Spirit, he gifts us, enables us so that we can know his mind and do through his conviction and living to please him, we are sanctified through and through. We can only know God through his spirit. He gives us his spirit. I end with the two verses. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, and then I'll read 1 Timothy 1.15 to clarify that. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayers and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, will guard your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Will guard your hearts and mind. Peace of God that surpasses human understanding will guide your hearts. Our hearts, we have all these desires, we kid sometimes. But through believing in him, we have been justified through faith in Christ our Lord. But our minds are wild. My mind is wild. We tired of prayer that takes me from a world of care. The world is, there is a lot of the care. Everything is there. Or as we see the parable that Christ gives, and one of them he talks about this, uh, the, the, the teaching, the word of God coming into the heart, but it's chalked about by the cares of this life. We have all these desires. I want to have ten prados, and therefore I have to, you know, I have to be corrupt. I have, at least I have to steal kidogo. No. I want to have, like, there are all these things, whatever we have. You know, I, at least I have to drive before I die. <laughs> First Timothy 1 Timothy 1.5. Let's end with that. First Timothy 1.5. Oh, just going to Thessalonians, sorry. Timothy is here. 1.5. Now the purpose of this command is love. From a pure heart. Let's purify our hearts after Christ. We have been forgiven. We, have, we have to have a pure heart. Blessed are the pure in heart. They shall see God. Comes from, it's love. love. This love must come from a pure heart. Good conscience, the mind. It's not a frustrated conscience. It's not a conscience that is... Uh, Showing partiality, that compromises the heart and the mind. And sincere faith, the two, will make me do some. Decisions I make are sincere. It's love that comes from a pure heart, from a good conscience, and from sincere faith. That is the goal of salvation. I love from a pure heart, from a good conscience. Sincere faith. Out of love, yes, 
my conscience is clear. If something is wicked, it is wicked, and we will speak about it. Oh, let's, ah, I see the social media for, let's pray for this. We pray for them. No, tell them also. We just don't pray. Why do we pray and we leave people to act evil and do whatever practices, what pleases them? My conscience does not submit to what you're doing, guys. And the political tension in this country, let me not go into that. My concern was looking at these two faculties in our bodies, whether we are believers or non-believers. They have such impacts in our lives. And we have to guard them. What I started with, we have to guard them. Guard your heart because it is the wellspring of life. You have to scrutinize them daily. You have to watch over. May the Lord bless you guys. And I pray that you have a good evening. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. And may you be glorified through your word and through our lives as we commit ourselves to honor you that our conscience will completely be submissive and obedient to you and our hearts pure as we love you and we love one another without partiality, without favoritism, without compromise. We know who we are serving and committed to. Do what pleases you, no matter what it takes. Thank you for listening to today's teaching. We hope that you've been inspired and blessed. For more teachings and other resources, visit our website at ccelderet.org or call us at 0718-012-496. That is 0718-012-496. See you next time.